You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. It's so good to be with you guys this morning again, Atamaria. Good morning. Uh, it's so good to be in, with Elam Christian Center uh, Whangarei. I'm from the Manurewa campus. So I bring my love and greetings uh, from Pastors Haley and Don Lafayette. Uh, they're an awesome bunch. It's an awesome church out there, but you guys are a good bunch too. All right. Hey, I, um, I really felt just this morning as I walked in through the doors, I really felt God say, man, there's a prophetic anointing on this house. And I just really want to encourage you guys because I really felt the Lord say, John 1 verse 23, we got, where John says this, he, John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Man, I really believe that over this house, uh, you guys are heralding in, you guys are making, you guys are calling in uh, a move of God in this, in this city. And man, I just really want to encourage you guys, man, there is a prophetic voice over this house. And so keep going after God, keep being hungry for him and going after all that he has for you. I'm not going to make any introductions today because uh, the word of God uh, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll stand the test of time, so I'm not going to make any introductions, but who's ready for God's word this morning? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, why don't we pray? Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Your word is alive and active. God, we thank you that your word has the power to heal, the power to transform, and the power to make change. And so this morning, oh God, we incline our ears to your word. And Holy Spirit, we just again say you're so welcome in this place. God, would you move in our hearts? Lord, we want to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking. And so let us lean in with fervence, with hunger, and with expectation for what you can do in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, a couple of years ago when uh, New Zealanders decided to do their mass, mass exodus over to Australia because somehow there was mass delusion that was happening across New Zealand where they thought that that was the promised land, uh, they were all hopping across the ditch. And so my family decided that while, they were, while the going was good, they would get going. And so they went across uh, to Australia expecting that they'd be met with new lives. In fact, they thought that they were going to go over there, have new experiences, encounter uh, new opportunities, apply for new jobs, basically become new people. Uh, but in that laid the problem. Because how many people know that uh, they went over to experience a new life, yet they were still encountering the same issues, the same problems, and the same realities that they had already faced in New Zealand. In fact, it was for this reason that we as a family started to live by the saying, same reality, different country. In fact, you can go ahead and insert your own language in that because we weren't saved, so uh, we had a bit more colorful language. But for Sunday services, same reality, different country. And in fact, what we meant by that church is you can struggle with finances here in New Zealand, move a entirely different country, and yet still end up in the same financial situations you were in in New Zealand. So you can struggle with certain habits, patterns of behavior, you can change locations and still end up in the same struggles and habits and behaviors that you'd found yourself in that previous place. And see, so often we treat a new year in the same way. We think as though a new year is going to produce for us a new result. We say things like new year, new me, new year, new goals, new year, new person. But again, the same can be said. Same reality, different country. Same issues, different hours. Same problems, different year. See, the truth is this this morning. There are people in this room this morning, and you haven't even made it to 2023. See why? Because while the year may be 2023, there are people in this room who is, whose emotions, affections, and attentions are still stuck in that of the past. Maybe it's because you're in here living in the missed opportunities of yesterday and the regrets of yesterday and the lost friendships and relationships of yesterday, the shattered dreams and realities and expectations of yesterday. And in fact, the opposite experiences are true. 
There are people in this room who haven't made it to 2023 yet because you're still living in the victories of yesterday, still living in the promotions of yesterday, the accolades and achievements of yesterday. And here in this lay the tension between where we want to be and the experiences of our past. See, in fact, if you found yourself in either of those groups today, friend, you can find yourself in good company this morning because we've all been there. But I want to encourage you by the word of God because God is speaking to this very thing. God speaks to this very thing in the people of Israel. And we're going to take a look at a scripture this morning, but let me set the context to the scripture. Here are the people of Israel, captives of, Babylonia, of the Babylonians. They're unable to move forward into the freedom that God has for their future because they were too stuck in the experiences of their past. And so to this God speaks, Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19, one that Pentecostals know and love very well. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God bless the reading of his word this morning. See, here we see they were a, the people of Israel were a people battling the tension of embracing the new that God had for them because they were stuck in the experiences of their past. In fact, I want to preach this morning from a message which I've titled, Embrace the New. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them, Embrace the New. Why don't you turn to your second option that you forgot about and say, Embrace the New. See, I really believe this morning that too often as a society and as a people, we're better at talking about new than we are at taking it on. We're better at wanting new than we are at embracing the new. And in fact, today, uh, I want to encourage you that it, even as we've passed out of this Easter season, we see how easy it is to want the new, but how hard it is to embrace the new. In fact, we see in this Easter season that Jesus enters Jerusalem and the people cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And only days later do we see the same crowds crying, crucify him. See, these people were familiar with the idea of new coming, but not embracing the new that God had for them. And I want to tell you here today that God wants to do a new thing. See, he's doing a new thing in the nations. I don't know if you've felt it, but there is such a stirring and a hunger for him that's building across the nations. He's doing a new thing in the life of his church. He's doing a new thing in the heart of his people. And God is doing and wants to do a new thing in you, through you, and all around you. Someone say, embrace the new. See, I want to tell you, if that's hard for you to believe this morning, then let me just preface this whole message. From the onset of this message, I want you to know that God is the God of the new. Friend, he's the God of new creation. He's the God of the new heavens and the new earth. He's the God of new tongues. He's the God of new mercies every day. He's the God of the new. We serve a God who is about to do a new thing. Yeah, you can go ahead and clap for give God an amen this morning. See, the question that we need to ask ourselves is, if God is doing a new thing, then friend, how do we embrace the new that God has for us? Great question. Glad you asked it. Uh, well, embracing the new this morning starts by, friend, forgetting the past. Everyone say, forget the past. Forget the past. So I'm a champion at forgetting. You ask my wife, she says, Kaylin is the king at forgetting. He forgets my birthday. He forgets the anniversaries. He forgets to do the dishes conveniently. Forgets to take out the trash. My wife, a certain wife of mine, I'm not going to name names, but uh, she, she's the queen of remembering. She says, Kaylin, I remember that I told you to take out the rubbish. I remember I reminded you about the thing. And I say, look at her and I say, Honey, the word of God says forget the past. See, in theory this morning, to forget the past sounds so easy, right? 
But in practice and in reality, we all know that it's harder to forget the past. See, it requires sacrifice. See, here's the thing this morning. If God calls you to it, it doesn't mean it's easy, but what it does mean is that it's possible. See, whenever God calls you to step out into a new season, it doesn't mean that season's going to be easy. It just means that God's saying it's going to be possible. See, when God says forget the former things, this word forget the former things, the sentence, is the two Greek words, zakar and al. That's the fancy Greek that you're getting this morning, all right? Uh, and in fact, what these two words would be better translated and understood is this. Don't keep talking about, don't keep dwelling in, and don't keep recalling to mind. Recalling to mind. Don't keep mentioning. And I wonder this morning if there are a few of us who there are a few things in your world that you don't need to keep talking about. Some friendships and relationships you don't need to keep dwelling in. Some experiences you don't need to keep recalling to mind. Some stories you don't need to keep mentioning. See, I believe that one of the greatest footholds we give the enemy in our life is dwelling in the past. And the reason that the enemy loves to keep us confined to our past is because, friend, he doesn't know our future. I don't know if you, don't, if you know that this morning, but the enemy doesn't know our future. And so he'll keep us confined to our past. In fact, he'll tell you things like, you know that great achievement you made back then? That's the only great thing you'll ever achieve in your life. He'll tell you that failed business idea that didn't work out. Give up on it. It's never going to work out. In fact, he'll tell you even things like this. God already forgave you once. Who are you to come back and ask him for forgiveness again? He'll tell you things like this. You aren't walking with Jesus. You're just going to turn around the next corner, trip up, and fall back into the life that you lived before. Here's the truth this morning. Anytime you believe the lie, you empower the liar. Let me say that again because that preached better than you guys responded. Anytime that you believe the lie, you empower the liar. See, the enemy will use your past. He'll rehash it, make a spectacle of it, put some sprinkles on it, make you believe it, and keep you confined to it. And I'm here to remind you this morning, God isn't only the God of second chances. Friend, he's the God of new beginnings. And I want to prophesy and remind you of this this morning. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. Friend, you are a new creation this morning. Let me tell you what the new creation means. Friend, that you are a new creation. You are new in Christ. That means by the blood of Christ, you have been made new. Friend, that, what that means this morning is anytime you revisit the person you used to be, you're imagining somebody who now no longer exists. Let me, tell, let me say it like this, because that preached again better than you responded. <laughs> anytime you revisit the experiences of your past, friend, now through the blood of Christ, you're reinventing or reimagining something that now no longer exists in the condition of which you left it. You are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. See, God has so much more for your life today and for the future he has for you than you'll ever see through the limitations of your past. See, forgetting the past doesn't mean waking up one day having spiritual amnesia and suddenly forgetting that anything in life ever happened to you. No, forgetting the past is about disempowering it, the weight of it over your life and over your future. See, it doesn't mean that those things weren't a part of your story. It just means that you don't have to make it the theme of your story. It does, just because that was a part of the last chapter of your life, doesn't mean that it has to be the title of your book. See, often when we hear the scripture about forgetting the past, we associate it with the negatives of the past. And yes, God is speaking to that and to those negatives. But what you've got to understand this morning is what God is speaking to is he's speaking to the positives of the past. See, this is what God says in the verses leading into our scripture this morning. Isaiah 43, verse 16 to 17, two verses prior to the one which we read. This is what it says. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, 
a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. See, what God is saying here is, Israel, I've done great and mighty things for you in your journey. I've delivered you once out of captivity. I caused the events of the Exodus to take place. I parted the seas and your enemies I defeated and left there. And then God says, remember all of that? Forget about it. Forget the former things because I'm about to do a new thing. See, what you've got to understand this morning is that Israel had limited the power and height of what God could do to the confines of which they'd seen him move in the past. In fact, what they'd done is they created a ceiling where God wanted to create a platform. Let me ask you this morning, is there any place in your life and in your world where you've begun to limit the height of God's power to the confines and the ways in which he's moved before? Forget the past. Secondly, this morning, in order for you to embrace the new God has for you, friend, you're going to need to get perspective. Everyone say get perspective. A young couple, I remember this story about a young couple. They moved into a new neighborhood and uh, they decided that they were going to have breakfast at the table that morning. And so they went in and they sat down and they looked outside their window and the wife was looking and she saw this neighbor hanging out her washing. And she's like, look at that. Her washing is filthy. Does she not know how to clean her laundry? Does she need a new washing machine? And she was just saying this all to her husband. And like any good husband learns after five years, he just sat there and said, yes, dear. And so she, every day this was a morning routine. She just kept saying, look at that lady's washing. Isn't it filthy? Until one day he realized, until one day they woke up, she said, she looked outside. She was flabbergasted. She goes, wow, that lady's washing's clean. And the husband, deciding that he was going to sleep on the couch for the next two weeks, he mustered up enough courage to say, well, honey, I got up this morning and I cleaned our windows. Get perspective. See, here's the truth this morning. Some of us are out here trying to see the new thing that God is going to do in our life through the muddied windows of our own will, our own plans, our own agenda, our own will, our own motives. Sometimes I think we look at this word when God says, I'm about to do a new thing, and we think that God's actually telling us he's giving us new things, or, he's, or we think that God is saying, I'm going to move you into the next thing. In fact, some of us are out here, we're praying, God, would you give us a new job because the job I have sucks, the, the people I work with suck, my management sucks, the customers suck. If, you're, if that's you in the place... Ask yourself, why are you at the job? But maybe God's out here and he's saying, I'm doing a new thing, but the new thing's not coming in the form of the next thing. The new thing's going to happen in your heart. In fact, I'm going to give you a new heart, a new perspective. I'm going to give you a love for the people which I've called you to serve in this season. Perhaps you're in this room today thinking, man, I've been single, ready to mingle. God, give me the next thing and a wife or a husband. And you're believing for the next thing, God, that God would prepare that for you. And God is preparing that, friend. But let me tell you, God's not just going to give you a next thing. He's doing a new thing in the relationship that you already have with him. He's teaching you intimacy and to draw close to him. He's teaching you how to become the man and woman of God that he's called you to be. See, sometimes we're out here, God do a new thing, and God's doing a new thing, but we're looking at it in the, in, through the next thing. See, have you ever noticed this morning that while we're waiting to go, on God to do a new thing in the form of next things, God is always doing a new thing but he often does it in the same thing. See, God says this to the people of Israel. While you're in the wastelands, I'll provide streams. While you're in the wilderness, I'll provide ways. See, God's saying to the people of Israel, I'll do a new thing in the midst of the same thing before moving you into the next thing. A few months ago, I was um, privileged. My wife took our baby. And so I was decided I'd go for a drive out to the beach. And I jumped on the Auckland motorway, crazy traffic, and I decided that I was going to go to the beach, and I was heading on the 
on the thing. I took the wrong turn off, and long story short, I'd noticed myself walking up the steps to the museum. Uh, And I started to walk around the museum by myself, and I started to see things through the lens of history, and I started to cry Two reasons. One, because, Caleb, where's your friends? Why are you here? Only the lonely. Uh, the second thing was more deep than that. Uh, because God said, Caleb, while you're out here trying to view things, you got so caught up in your own little world. You got caught up in your own problems. You're focused on your little things that are happening in your life that you lost sight of the bigger picture. You lost perspective. And then the Lord simply invited me back by saying, Caleb, come see things as I see them. Come get my perspective. In fact, I really believe this morning that the Lord's saying, would you come get my perspective? Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, reminds us of this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Uh, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and thoughts higher than your thoughts. Can I remind somebody this morning, God's plan for your life is far greater than the plan you may uh, may have for yours, may have made up for yours. See, I wonder this morning how many sleepless nights, broken hearts, disappointments, and pain we could have avoided by first seeking God about his plan instead of jumping ahead on our own, seeing things as he would see them. In fact, if you read that entire chapter of Isaiah 43, what you see is God trying to give them perspective, God giving the people of Israel perspective. And let me remind you of some of the things that God reminded them about. See, God reminds them of who they are and what he's called them to do, perspective. God reminds them of who he is, his character, and his nature perspective. God reminds them of his position, of his power, of his authority. He gives them perspective. God reminds them of the great things which he himself had done perspective. And then God makes sure to remind the people of Israel and to remind us today that he was the one who was about to do the new thing. See, God was making it clear to us and putting it all into perspective that the new thing, friend, has nothing to do with your ability. The new thing has nothing to do with your strength. The new thing has nothing to do with your merit, with your striving, with your effort. It's clear by God's word that God has in his grace, in his wisdom, in his might, in his power, by his spirit, that he is the one who initiated it, he is the one who was in the midst of it, and he is the one who will bring it to pass. Let me give you this this morning. This leads us to recognize this if the keys or the band would join me. See, in order for us to embrace the new this morning, friend, we need to give up and go after God. See, God is the one who will do a new thing. And friend, that should bring you some freedom, liberty, and perspective this morning. It should give you freedom from any stress or pressures that you may have or may be feeling about your life. It should give you liberty around the rest of this year and the entirety of it. See, if God himself is doing a new thing, if God himself will make a way in the wilderness, if God himself will make a way in the wilderness, if God himself will make streams in the wasteland, then it's God himself that you and I need to pursue. And the promise is this this morning, is that as we pursue him, we'll see what he is doing. And friend, this and this lay the beauty of the power of the text this morning. See, what you've got to understand is the power of this text is that this is a beautiful invitation from the heart of God himself. A loving father saying, would you come into proximity with me and I'll show you what I'm doing. It's an invitation from a loving father himself saying, come into closer relationship with me and I'll show you the great and mighty things that I'm going to do in your life. See, here's my encouragement for you today. Here's my encouragement for us as we continue our walk with him. 
Here's my encouragement for anyone in this room this morning who's striving, who's pursuing wrong things in their life. Here's my encouragement to you. Friend, give up. <laughs> You're like, man, these people are crazy. They got this guy out from Manurewa just to come on a Sunday morning and tell us to give up. Give up. Give up. Give up. See, this is what I'm saying this morning. Give up chasing opportunity after opportunity in your own strength. Give up, surrender it to God, go after Him, and He'll open those doors. Give up chasing person after person, relationship after relationship, friendship after friendship. Give up, surrender it to God, give it over to Him, pursue Him, and He'll open up the doors. Give up trying to climb ladders of success or promotion this morning. Give up, surrender it to God, give it over to Him, go after Him, wholeheartedly pursue Him and He'll open up the doors. See, I felt on my spirit this morning to remind somebody today, stop pushing open doors that God Himself never opened to you. Go after God and He'll open up the right doors, friend, at the right time. And in fact, I wanna remind somebody this morning, God's never late, God is always on time. See, there's somebody or there's some people in this room this morning, you're like, God, I've been pressing and pushing open at these, pushing at these doors and the doors still haven't opened. God, have you forgotten about my prayers? No, friend, God is preparing a way, but He's doing a new thing in the midst of the same thing. Some of you need to be reminded this morning, stop pushing open doors that God Himself never opened to you. Give up, surrender it to God, go after Him and He'll make the way. See, you'll only see the new thing to the extent of that which you're willing to give up and surrender to God as you go completely after Him. See, my prayer, the friend, for 2023 has been this. God, make me nothing that you would become everything in my life. See, I really wanna pray this morning. God, make the plans, the wills, the, the things that I've mustered up in my own strength, make them all nothing. Make them tremble at the fact that you're doing a new thing and you'll provide a way, you'll make streams and you'll make waters in the wasteland. God, make us nothing this morning so that you would become everything in our lives to the glory of your name. See, I don't mean give up on trying. I don't mean give up on all your goals or your expectations. I don't mean give up on making an effort. Those things are great in God. But what I'm rather saying to you this morning is give it up if it's at the expense of going after God. Give it up if the Lord wasn't a part of the planning of it. Give it up if it's not drawing you closer into relationship with Him. See, hear me today. If God's not in it, then friend, it's not a plan worth doing. See, Proverbs 19 verse 21 reminds us of this. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. His will, His ways, His plans, His purposes, His provisions, Him and Him alone. Give up, go after God. See, how do we embrace the new thing that God has for us this morning? Friend, it starts by forgetting the past, getting eternity's perspective on it, giving up and going after God. This morning, I really wanna invite you this morning. So we're just gonna close our heads and bow our, bow, our, bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. And I really want you to search your heart. God, what in my world, what in my life right now is getting in the way of my pursuit of you? And then just start to surrender those things, start to lay, lay those down at His feet.
heart to surrender those to him this morning. God, we're not out here to build platforms. God, we're here to make an altar, to meet and encounter the living God. This morning, oh Lord, where there's been expectations, God, where there's been plans, wills, emotions, agendas, God, we lay those all at your feet this morning. Your word says that we can come boldly before your throne. And so God, this morning, as we lay those at your feet, we're praying, Lord, that you'd give us grace, that you'd give us mercy, Lord, that you'd pour out your heart and your love for us this morning. Lord, I pray this morning that you would meet people where they're at. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd start to just uncover those things. And Lord, as those things start to bubble up into our minds, God, we lay them at your feet. Lord, this year we're saying, God, we give up. We give up things in our own strength. We give up pursuing things out of our own will and our own plans and our own agendas. Lord, we say we give up and we'll go after you in 2023. Lord, make us nothing that you would become everything to us this year. Lord, make the plans, the purposes and wills of our own agenda nothing that yours would triumph. God, we give you all the victory, all the honour and all the praise this morning in Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed. We never like to close our services without giving people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to come into relationship with Him. See, this whole scripture is about the foreshadowing of Christ who is to come, the one who could make things new. God wants to do a new thing in your heart today. Maybe you're here in the service and you're saying, man, I want a new, I want to start new. I want a new life. I want something new in God. I want to know Him as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to come into relationship with Him. Well, friend, the truth is this this morning. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. You were created for life and life in abundance. You were created for relationship with God. But the reason we don't experience these things is because of this word called sin. Sin is the, sin is the barrier between you and God. In fact, the Bible says that the wages or the penalty of that sin is separation from God. We were dead in our sins. But God in His grace, that loving Heavenly Father, didn't want to leave us in that place. So He sent His Son, who lived holy and blamelessly, yet went to a cross for you and I and took upon Himself the death that you and I deserve. In fact, the Bible says that if we confess with our, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that He's Lord, then we can have forgiveness for our past new life today and security of eternity. So maybe that's you this morning. If you're saying, man, I wanna come into relationship with God. What I'm gonna do is in a moment, I'm gonna count down from three. And if that's you, if you're saying, yeah, count me in that prayer. I'd love to know Jesus. Then friend, you can just lift your hand in. So here we go. Three, God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Two, God standing at the door of your heart saying, would you let me in? One, friend, if that's you this morning, would you mind lifting your hand saying, yes, Caleb, count me in that prayer. I wanna know Jesus. I wanna make him the Lord of my life. Awesome. See anyone this morning saying, make, I want to make him the Lord of my life. Awesome, God bless you. I see that hand at the back. Is there anyone else this morning saying, Kaylin, count me in. I want to know him. Friend, we're not going to move from this moment. Awesome. 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 Great. Well, church, would you mind repeating this prayer after me? We're going to say this all together, still with every head bowed and every eye closed. Everyone say this. Everyone say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus. I confess I'm a sinner in need of a saviour. Today, I turn from sin and turn to you. I make you the Lord of my life. Thanks to you 
today's a new day and I'm set free in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on church, can we celebrate all those hands that went up this morning and I'm gonna hand back over to Krishna. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.